Welcome to this week's Zen Teachings Podcast. We've got a really, really special night tonight. We've never done this before. Tonight, Sifu's out of town. I'm actually standing on the mats at our regular Thursday night meditation. Um, And Mr. Bolton is here. Mr. Bolton, as I just explained to some of our students, has has been a student with us for almost 11 years. He's an amazing person, um, and he's been on my list to, uh, to get an interview with. And now he can't dodge me because we're here. So I wanted to take some time to actually speak to him, get his perspective. I think that you guys will really benefit and enjoy some of the things that he has to say. So, Mr. Bolton, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you sitting down, standing up with me, that kind of thing. Um, why don't we, I mean, I, I've, I don't remember when you came. I know you, I remember you always being here. Tell us a little bit about what brought you into the dojo and, and why you're here. So, uh, why, why I ended up in the dojo is uh, my childhood, uh, born double cleft lip, heavier, overweight kid, not very coordinated, speech impediments, teeth all crooked, uh, very rough childhood. Very loved as a child by my parents, my grandparents. Still very emotional with me today, uh, thinking back. But the one thing I never could do as a kid was to stand up for myself. Different guy now. Uh, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to, to, to talk to some of the people that bullied me around, but I, I don't think I would waste my time doing anything to them, even though I've thought about it. Uh, but is is the kids got older I always wanted them to do martial arts uh the wife had different uh reasons so they went through the gymnastics and the and the girl scouts and but when when Haven got to age uh I was like hey let's try to go do martial arts let's do martial arts and 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 the one thing that saved me was the kid loved ice cream and I called Miss Donahue, and I got an intro class, and Haven's like, I don't know if I want to go. And I said, hey, how about if you go on the way home, I'll stop and get you ice cream. And she was like, okay. So she came, first day, she fell in love with it, fell in love with Sifu, the practice, and, and, and we spent a lot of money at Oberweiss uh, in the years to follow on the way home up the road there, but, but it worked. And then I sat in the corner there a lot as a parent, and and it's funny when I look back at it. I, I've been on the mats with my ball cap on. I've been on my on the mats with a with a magazine during kids' class and watching what was going on. And and I really didn't know or understand the etiquette at the time. Uh, then I wanted to practice, but in in my world growing up, I always my my goals in life was to get a good job, get married, be able to take care of my wife, and have a family. And I was able to do that, and I'm very thankful. But within that, William, the, the, the youngest, he, he had to, hey, do you want to practice? I want you to practice before I could start. Got to make sure the kids can do their thing. Brought him down here one day. He watched a class, petrified of Sifu. I don't want nothing to do with it. However, Miss Donahue told me there's a sister school in Rochester the wife always takes him to the library. I said, hey, take him over there, see if he likes that. So she took him in there, Sifu Donahue, Sifu Scott. Mr. Donahue and Mr. Scott at the time were there running that school, 
10 years ago or so. And uh, she took them in there. And they're like, well, if your daughter practices at 12 Mile, why are you bringing your son to Rochester? And it was uh, Sifu Scott asked the question. And William right there said, Sifu's mean. And Sifu Scott said, I know. <laughs> I agree. And at that point in time, him and Williams had a connection that just is unbreakable. And uh, when I did start at the dojo, uh, I don't know if I've ever told Sifu this one yet or not, but uh, I actually started at Rochester. I would, uh, I would bring Haven to class, go home, and then go to Rochester for class. And basically is when I, was, when I got the opportunity to start, William asked me where I was going to go. And I was like, well, I'm at 12 Mile a lot with Haven. The wife was taking William to Rochester. And he goes, Dad, you can't go there. That's the girls' school. The boys go to Rochester. The girls go to 12 Mile. And I was like, okay, buddy. So that's how I ended up starting in Rochester. And then probably after about four years of the wife and me both being at uh, different schools, basically on the same days, taking the kids to class, uh, when William got old enough to be in the same class as Haven, then we transitioned them both to 12 Mile. Sir? So how long was it? She, so you started how long after Haven? So it was probably about a year and a half uh, at one, after I started after the kids. Uh, there was some other uh, stuff going on and I was here for about a year, year and a half before I got sick for the first time and then, uh, then sort of my practice changed from there. Had you ever had any um, interest in practice prior to, to walking in to bring Haven? I did. When I was... Uh, probably her age, eight or nine years old. I, uh, I practiced, uh, it, was a, it was a karate school down the road in the, in the heights from the house. And uh, I went there and, and at first it was really good. I was, I was sort of in, in the kids with, in the same age group as me and, and it was fun, I liked it. Uh, but then, they closed, they closed that location. They went to a racquetball club over off of Walton in university there. And, and you were in the class of more adults. And, and I remember the night I quit. Uh, like I said, I got picked on a lot. And that night in the dojo, they had everybody line up and you had to sort of go down through the line. I was probably about 10 years old, maybe nine or 10. And I was crying, I was scared. And everybody in there picked on me like I was everybody else in the world did. And I hated it since then. Here, I've never seen it. I've never felt it. And, and it's, I get hit. And I always get, yeah, you okay? Before, with some of my medical issues, it's, it's, is everything good, sir? Yep, I'm fine tonight. Or, hey, I can't do this. And everybody really takes care of you as a great partner. And, but that's, that's why I quit when I did. Can we talk a little bit about, and I know this is it's personal, but I know from our friendship and years of practice that you do have, you've had some struggles, um, medical issues. I also know that you, you have crazy hours. I mean, you'll come in here and have to be up in three hours to go to work, you know, and, and you make enormous sacrifices. You know, you just, you talked about, 
you taking William out to Rochester and your wife bringing Haven down here. And that's not easy. It's not easy to get ourselves to class, you know, and much less to bring in the kids, everything else. Why, what's different? What makes it that it's worth sacrificing so much, even potentially some health issues to keep coming? And what do you, why are you here? So, uh, probably two years, two and a half years into my practice or so, uh, one night, uh, this is a rough story, uh, Haven, the, the best way to tell, Dad, I need a hug, hey, I need a kiss, can you give me a drink of water? And, and after about the fourth time, I was like, yep, after this commercial. Now, I'm watching Ice Road Truckers, DVR'd, and... Uh, there's no commercials. So I'm like, ah, I'm not getting up again. Hey, nope, no commercials. Sorry, no commercials. So by the time I went in there to give her the last kiss, she was already asleep. And then probably about three o'clock in that morning, I woke up, couldn't really move good in the covers. Uh, I finally got out of bed, hit the floor. Um, at the time I was having a stroke, we literally didn't know it. I got the wife up. Uh, she, uh, she she got up, we got around, uh, we were getting ready to figure out, to call the hospital, what we were going to do. She was sort of going over, you know, I could smile, I could talk, so we didn't think it was a stroke. Uh, somehow or another, she said she went to the vapors, but she passed out on the bed. Uh, so I think that adrenaline rush, they think, may have brought me back back a little bit from what I, the episode I was having, and then everything sort of settled out with me. Uh, we laid there for about the next hour or so. I had to get up at 4 to go to work. I was like, you okay? Yep, yep, we're good. Alarm clock goes off. It's 4. I get up. I go to work. Uh, I'm at work. Uh, boss comes in at 6. Uh, he goes to, I go into his office to tell him what had happened, and as soon as the doctor's office opens, I was going to take off. And then, then I had a pretty severe stroke uh, at that point. I was in the... Uh, they rushed me over to DMC. I was up in the, uh, they pumped me full of stuff. Uh, I was up in the uh, neurology, ICU, whatever they call it. And uh, parents were called, Jessica was called. And at first time in my life I ever asked somebody, am I gonna die? And then the second thought I had was, the last thing I told my daughter was in a minute after this commercial. And, uh, Big regret for me. It didn't turn out bad, but it's it's always going to be there for me to live with. So the wife comes down the hospital. Uh, kids kids are taken care of, and we didn't really know what to tell them what was going on with me. And she's like, "Well, I, I got to get." She she left to go back home to get the kids, and uh, she was, "What do I do? What do I tell Haven?" And I told her, "Take her to the dojo." Sifu will know what to do. And I did not have the relationship with him then that I do now. But for the two years that I had spent in the corner on the mats, watching him teach classes, watching how he cared for his students and for the, and for the people that walk in through the door of the dojo, I, I just knew it would be okay. And uh, because everybody else that, that we knew, my parents, her, my grandparents, everybody was sort of rocked with where I was. And uh, she, she brought Haven to class. She told Miss Donahue what was going on. 
And, and later that night when uh, I asked her, I said, how, how did things go on? She goes, it was great. The kids, kids are doing fine. They went to class. Everything's great. After class, I told them what was going on and, and everybody's okay. So, so that's, that's sort of how that event happened. Since then, I've had a uh, couple heart surgeries for, for some other issues that they found based on the stroke. And uh, I've had a thousand different reasons why I could quit. But over the last 10 years, uh, every, and, and being able to black coat on the, on the mats with the, in kids class ever since I got my yellow sash, uh, Sifu allowed me to do that or allowed me to do that. And, and it seems like everything that comes up in their life with the experiences that I've had on the mats with them within, and within my own practice, everything sort of just gives me another anchor point to, to, to work with them. <clears throat> That's, I've, I've heard that story, and every time I do, though, it's... Um... I, I, I said at the beginning, I, I admire you, I respect you, I love you, I appreciate every moment I get to practice with you. Um, and I know Sifu feels the same, and I'm sure if we took a poll, anybody who's had the honor of practicing with you or getting to know you or having you touch their life would feel the exact same. Um, with heart issues, with, um, with the stroke, everything, I know that you have to have had you know, all the times I've been to the hospital, the first thing the doctor will tell me is, you got to stop practicing. Like, oh, I broke my arm. How'd you do that? Punching somebody. Well, don't punch things, you know, and, and that's not really an option for me, so you go to a different doctor. Um, I imagine that doctors have told you something similar. They've probably said, you don't need to be doing all that. You get hurt, that kind of thing. And and maybe they're right. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and neither are you. Um, for me, though, the risk is worth the reward. And I, I don't, do you feel that, or can you speak on that? How, how does that? Because I know somebody sold you to stop doing this. A few times. Uh, so, so I would have to say here within the last year, more so than most, uh, the biggest thought on my mind is quitting. And it's, it's, it's not an option. But the thought's there, and, and more so than, than not. Uh, but, but when I ask myself, what, what would that do? To me, I, I think I would lose a, a, a great place, a great environment. Uh, I just got a new job, very high stress, and one of the other guys paid me probably the best compliment I've ever heard on me He's like, man, you're never upset. You're always in here. It doesn't matter what's going on. You're just sort of there smiling, doing what you do. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that's hard to get there. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, I guess there's so much of uh, my life that anchors around the dojo. Uh, the worst things, I don't, I don't think the kids are really scared to tell me or the wife anything. But uh, as Mr. Allen, and I know Mr. Nevergall knows, I'm not afraid to tell Sifu. So uh, <clears throat> a lot of what happens in their life gets told to Sifu. Now, do I do it because I want to tell on them? No. I do it because, one, there, there's, there's aspects that he sees that I don't see that I sort of get input. One, 
on that one thing of how to be a better dad, how to be a better husband. And, and it's crucial to me. There, there's times in Haven's life where she was getting bullied at school and the girl told her she had friends and that really rocked Haven. Well, that Friday at Lohan class, I had told Sifu, hey, Haven got into a little bit of, a, of, a, of an ordeal at school. The girl said she had friends and that Friday for the drills was multiple attackers. And one of them was in the middle and they all had big punch shields and they were all coming in just so that they could fill those emotions. Uh, William always struggled with me telling on him different uh, scenarios. And, and he was really having a hard time with dad always telling Sifu things. And I told Sifu, I don't know how much more I can share with about William because he really gets upset about it because, because he doesn't think I should tell you everything. And it, it was probably a month or so went on and me and Sifu was talking and, and William had got in a situation at school and he really controlled himself and he, and he, he, had a, he was really in a position to where he could have blew it, but he took a couple breaths, he walked away, the principal stopped to talk to him and he even told the principal, not today. I'm going home, we'll talk tomorrow. And I thought, I thought, man, I said, that's good, kid. And I told Sifu about it. And, and William sort of struggles with his Lohan test. And, and it's not a pretty test. A lot, sometimes the parents aren't allowed to watch them. But being a student, a lot of times I'm in, I'm in there with them. Unfortunately, sometimes I've had to do them with them. And it's, it's not fun, but it's very rewarding. And for that test on that day, Sifu had told the kids, the story of what William did, and he told William, you've, you've already passed this test. Stand over there and watch with your father. And, and William got to experience, one, seeing everybody else die, but yet he got to see, <laughs> he got to see the, the, uh, the circumstance of, wow. And I, and I sort of told him, uh, you know, I said, hey, I'm just sort of glad I told, you know, and, and Sifu was like, hey, Bolton, you glad your dad told me this one? And, uh, and, and he was sort of like, yeah, that was good, dad. <laughs> I was like, Hi. So, so just within that connection. And then, then I guess the most, the most reasons that, that I feel such the connection that I do is, is the partners, um, when I first came back from some of my medical issues, it's very hard for the doctors to tell you not to do it. Sort of talk to Sifu, tell him what's going on, and there's always something you can do on the mats, as long as you're okay with it. Uh, at first, I wasn't allowed to do certain techniques, but when you have a room full of students and everybody's rocking, and, and Sifu says to do it, the first thing you come into mind is, I'm doing it with them. And then Sifu sort of pulls you off to the sides and says, don't do it. And then he calls you out in front of the class. I said not to do it. And then the next thing, everybody's dying doing, you know, horse dance or squats or whatever it might be, and you're still sitting there sidestepping. But that's what you can do at that moment and that time. And everybody in here was just glad that I was here. And, and those are the moments that are, that are so special. <clears throat> um. This isn't a call for a little speculation, but having seen Haven, having seen William in the dojo from really young ages, and then some of the background story you've told us um, in terms of it, 
being a loving childhood, but rough. I mean, kids are mean, and and uh, they can be very, very difficult if you're not, you know, the popular or the cool one. And I guess I wonder, I mean, obviously, from what I can see outside looking in, you're not here, I don't think, to become a UFC champ. You know, I think that you get a lot more from the dojo, and you certainly have shared that with us. How do you think life would have been... I've told the story, me and Mr. Donahue, I think everybody knows how we came here. I'm not going to tell it again, but we really just hit the jackpot because it was close. I mean, we, we opened the phone book, and that was the closest school. And it could have been some terrible place, and that would, I would have had a one-month martial art career instead of 24, 25 years. So do you ever think, I mean, what life, how it could have been different, the tools you get, the support you get here, if 10-year-old Dan Bolton was here? And would that have been made a difference? Would you have enjoyed it? Uh I don't know how the 10-year-old Dan Bolton would have been different, but I can tell you how the 35-year-old Dan Bolton has changed. Like I said earlier, my whole life, based because of my dad and my grandpa and my granny and papa in Kentucky, I, I wanted so much to be a dad, to raise a family, to have a wife, and to have and give my kids what I was given. Fortunate, I've been married for 20 years. I got a great wife. But I can tell you, if I wouldn't have started, if I wouldn't have practiced, I don't think it would have, I don't think the marriage would have lasted. And I don't think it was because of her. Because she's, she, she's pretty much who she is. And she, she's grown with over the 20 years by all means in, in, as far as our relationship and, and where we're at in our marriage. But but I always thought I was doing the right things based on what I seen, whether it was my dad, my grandpa. And, and those are generational things in older times. And I really didn't get to see all their relationship, but it was just sort of the parts that, that I was allowed to see. And, and Sifu says sometimes on the mats, and it was in one of my papers, of it wasn't a bowl of chili, it was a pot of chili. And I can tell you, Haven was in the kitchen in a little bouncy seat, and I flipped a bowl. It was a bowl (laughs) of chili off the counter, pissed off because there wasn't any clean spoons. So it was a shiny moment of my life, I tell you, when I look back at it. And I can remember being down in the laundry room in the basement and Jessica saying, I'm done. It's over. I am not putting up with you anymore. Now, in my mind, I couldn't have been doing anything better for her. But at the end of the day, it was in my mind. So, so one of the turning points that, that I think really helped in, is Sifu asked us one time, I don't know if it was an affirmation or a mantra, or I don't really know the terms, and he'll yell at me for that. But, but, but it was sort of listen, understand, be helpful, and smile. He told us you got to sort of come up with something that you can tell yourself that who you want to be, how you want to be, and, and how you want that to affect your life. And, and every day of my life, whatever I'm in, whatever I'm engaged in, whatever I'm doing, I listen, I understand, I be helpful, and I, I smile. You know, I, I listen to what they're saying. I try to understand where they're coming from, not where I think it is. 
and uh, be helpful. Sometimes you help them by just say, just listening and not opening your mouth. Other times it's helpful, well, yep, let me take care of that for you. And then other times you show them how to do it or, or whatever that path might be. And then uh, to be able to smile. If you're smiling, and maybe not outside because you might upset them more, and I have sometimes with that, but uh, you, if you're smiling and you're happy on the inside, I, I think Sifu talks about opening your heart, and, and I think your actions really come from a more sincere place in, in, within your life. And... Uh, that's, that's sort of where I, I try to work from. But I, I know that if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have, have found the dojo, uh, I, I think I would have been a whole other world of broken family, my dreams sort of washed down based on the person I was and not becoming. So just following up on that then, what do you say to people? I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that don't know anything about martial arts. And they think that it's for kids. They think you're, you can't do it without getting hurt. You can't do it without getting punched or kicked. What do you say to those people? Because, I mean, I, we, most people on these mats have experiences where practice has positively benefited their life outside of being on the mat. What would you like the world to know about martial arts? Or what do you say to somebody who says it's not for me? I, I guess what I've, uh, what I've come to realize and in, in, in when I get asked, uh, a lot of the things that go on out there, and you see people, and 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 it's hard. It's hard. To, the one thing I don't like about what the dojo does to you is sort of makes you aware of what's going on, what's happening to other people, the situations that you see. You're you're a lot more attuned, if that's the right word, of of what's going on, especially to me with other little kids and 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 their families and sort of how they're treated because of the way the way I grew up. But uh. I, I look at it and 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 it's funny because it's sort of why Haven's here tonight and, and it sort of it sort of sort of all pans out is she was sort of struggling the last couple of weeks with stuff in her life and she just got back home from college and and she she's sort of a little frazzled and 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 I told her I you know it's I always love when Sifu says shut up so I use that a lot it's like shut up you know what to do it's like if you've been going to practice have you been meditating you know all the right stuff you need to do in your life are you doing it and she's like no so well, then don't be afraid of the work do that so I was even telling Max a little bit before here I said it's funny because I think because of that conversation she was here Monday night and now she's here tonight but what I see and what I think people should should understand is can I defend myself a lot better than I used to be able to yeah but I'm not defending myself from, I'm 43, 44 years old, I think. And I don't really, uh, I don't think I'm going to get attacked someplace. I don't, I'm not going to go those places. It's, there's, there's no need to be there. But I, I look at it as how I measure success. So many people have the big house, two big cars. My kids are going to all these schools, but they're really not that successful to me. I measure success, and I think the dojo allows you to measure success, is do you, the person I want to be all day long, if I'm that person all day long and nobody gets to me and I'm, a, and, and, and I'm that person, that I'm successful that day. And when enough of those days adds up, anything you want to do, you can do. There, there's nothing that stands in your way. There's nothing 
that, that really gets in your way. You have your good days and your bad days, and you have your sicknesses and your illnesses. And, and, and Sifu says, is the universe with you or is it against you? Well, I went through everything I went through. And then my grandpa got sick. I stayed in the hospital with him. I held him in my arms as he died. And all his kids were struggling to be in the room. If any of that stuff hadn't happened to me, I would have never been able to be there for him like I was, the way I wanted to be. And for as hard as that is for me and as hard as that thing, stuff goes on, the, to me, what people need to understand is you, you get a lot of different experiences in the dojo, and they're different for everybody. But I think at the core of it, it lets you measure success on who you want to be, and it gives you all the tools and all the all the situations and dealing with those emotions in a safe environment uh, to be able to deal with them and, and uh, overcome them and ask questions about them and, and sort of take that to the next level. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, I don't know there's much else that we need to say but we did talk last week about the possibility of doing a little question and answer. And um, I've, I've learned a lot from you over the years, and I think that a lot of students probably, I know they do too, and maybe they've, they've wanted to ask Mr. Bolton something. So we'll take just a couple minutes. If anybody has any questions for Mr. Bolton, they can be about practice, how it's affected his life, things you maybe identify with in a story, anything about, really anything at all. Mr. Nigel. Sure. Uh, Mr. Bolton, you mentioned that you... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mr. Bolton, you had mentioned that you were thinking about quitting uh, over the past year. It sounded like maybe that thought was becoming more prevalent, and I was just curious why. Why the thought, and then why... Did you stay? So the question is, why have you been thinking about quitting? And why haven't you? And why the stay? And why the thought in the first place? I guess the best story to tell there is I got a video of William. Uh, he was in junior wushu. And he's sitting at the kitchen table and he wanted to quit. And his answer was, I got this. I got it. I can punch, I can kick, Dad, I got this. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, what did Mr. Donahue tell you? He said, it goes like this. And I was like, yeah, it goes like this. And right now you think you got it and you understand it all. And he's like, yep. So sometimes in my mind, I think at my age, I understand that I need to meditate. I understand how to practice. I'm pretty good at being who I want to be all day long. Um... I wear an orange sweatshirt the majority of the time. And, and when I get in a rough spot, I tell you, I look down at it and I see it. And it just sort of brings back all the emotions and the feelings. And, and I connect it so much to the dojo that I look down and I'm, okay, let's go bolt. And then I go, right? But I tell you what, on days where I don't have it on and I look down and it's not there, oh, watch out. Because uh, Sifu's had more than one talk with me of, of I tell them, Sifu, they get me so worked up and so frustrated, man, they should get everything they got coming. 
And he's like, Bolton, you don't be, Bolton, that ain't it. And I was like, what do you mean? I said, it's their fault. And he's like, no, Bolton, you got a happy place inside. And I said, what do you mean by that? He goes, like when Haven was born or William or the best times in your life, you've got that happy place inside. And I'm like, yes, sir. And uh, he's like, that's it. He goes, why are you letting somebody take that, take you away from that? He goes, you need to breathe, and that's what you're protecting. He goes, I don't care if you hit them. I've always told you that. I don't care if you yell at them, as long as you're happy and calm inside when you do. And he's like, if your kid's going to go run in the road and you yell at them. He goes, you're not doing it because you're upset. You're doing it because that's the attention that they need at the time. But when I want to quit, and, and stuff like that, I guess, I guess in my mind, I'm that kid at the table, and I think I got it. The part that I haven't is I come to class. The other day for jujitsu on Wednesday, one of the best classes I've been in in a long time, Regis taught it. It was just the three of us, me, Regis, and uh, Greg, and... Uh, we were here probably an hour and a half, and I backed in and out of the driveway four times. I put my bag in the car, I backed out, and I was like, eh, do I really want to go? You know, I knew Sifu wasn't here, but I was like, it doesn't matter. The dojo's the dojo. You know, it's, it's just as sacred as when he's here and when he's not here, you know, if you, if you hold it the right way. And, uh, and, and, and I backed in and out, backed in and out, and I thought, why don't I want to go? And I'm like, oh. It's like you're feeding the wrong dog, right? You feed this dog, that dog, which one runs? Well, I fed the right dog that night. I came to class. And, and I think those are the, you know, some, of the, some of the issues. And the other part is a lot of it is, is I struggle so much physically. It's, it's Sifu has a talk if you're as good as you're going to get. And, and sometimes I think I am. But physically, I probably am. Mentally, the more I come and the more I listen and the more I watch, man, there's a lot of stuff that I miss. And, and, uh, and that's what I try to, try to hold on to and grasp. And, and, then, and then the relationship that it would take away from my kids. My son's always struggled with having a real close relationship with a grandparent, and he's been very vocal about that. And my dad started Tai Chi. And him and my dad were always you know, great, and, but just for whatever reason. And, and the other day, we're rebuilding the heads on my dad's uh, envoy, and William's over there. He wanted to do it, so I'm trying to stay away and sort of let them bond a little bit. And my dad's like, hey, William, let me show you what Sifu taught me today in Tai Chi. And I watched, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good, Dad. And then William's like, Papa, let me show you what he taught me. <laughs> Next thing you know, my dad's halfway across the garage. <laughs> my dad's like, I'm sticking with Tai Chi. <laughs> but but just, just the connection that I see with my kids, it, 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 it linked that connection between my, between my dad and my son, and it, and it just holds it that much tighter. And uh, it's, it's just a blessing. Got time for one more. Who's got a question? Regis, let me come over to you. Mr. Bolton, you, you talk about how your practice today has changed your perspective of, of your life now and, and, and how you respond to things now. Can you talk about its effect on your view toward your past and the bullying 
and the brutality and and whether whether it's helped with that wow one, the easiest one for last what's what's Stephen say you're throwing softballs or <laughs> however he says that <laughs> i probably screwed that up but i wanted to say it so uh it's funny that you bring that up so i worked at uh, been working for gm for right around 20 years now uh spent about 18 years down at uh detroit hamtramck went down to brownstown for two years i ended up now i'm up at orion a little bit better hours a lot, lot nicer drive from home one of the guys that bullied me as a kid works there on the line and i seen him and i was like oh this will be interesting and uh, I walk by, oh, ha, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. And I just sort of felt some emotions come up. And I also felt, man, this is my first week on the job. I really don't want to get fired. And, and I just sort of, sort of kept going. And uh, one of the electricians that worked for us, uh, he came up and he goes, hey, uh, he goes, Danny up there, uh, Tommy, Tommy Daniels is the guy's name. And uh, I don't care to say it if he hears it because I talked to him right then a little a couple of days later. He goes, you know, that guy was telling me that you were a freshman in high school and he was a senior and he was in the same class as you, but he really didn't realize right then probably how smart you were and he wasn't. And I was like, well, it's nice for him to say that, but that's not what I remember about the kid. He goes, what do you mean? I said, that kid and his three buddies used to beat me up if my dad didn't pick me up at the bus stop. I said, if my dad worked midnights, he would come home, drive me to the bus stop. I would wait in the van, get on the bus. And if my dad wasn't there, I usually got beat up at the morning before the, before the bus. And then on my way home, my dad would pick me up at the bus stop and drive me home. If not, usually got it again on my way home. And uh, I think at the time, all I probably had to do was stand up for myself and it would have quit. But at that point, I told the electrician that, and, and not really knowing that guy too well, the next time I walked by Tommy, he goes, hey, Mike over there told me that uh, you told him I used to bully you. And I was like, you did. Don't you remember that? Well, you know, I was hanging out with those other guys. You mean Kirk, uh, Danny Mosier, uh, which is one of Haven's friend's dads, right? But I'm good with it, right? I've grown up. I come to the dojo. So, uh, uh, and uh, Tommy Hutchinson, one of her other friends' uh, relatives. And uh, at that point, you know, he, he was like, well, you know, I was with those other guys, and I really don't know why I said some of those things to you. And, you know, when I look back at it, I said, yeah, I know. I said, and, and, and truthfully, I said, when I look back at it right now, I said, I'm really not that same kid. So let's sort of get that out of the way. So if you want to pick on me now, I'm perfectly fine with it. But it, I guarantee you it's not going to end the way it did then. I said, I just wanted to put that out there, you know. And he's like, no, no, no. And, and, and he, uh, you know, I told him, I said, but, you know, looking back on it from where I'm at now and, and where I've grown through the practice and, and I sort of understand on the person it made me, uh, I probably had one or two friends in high school, through through high school and into college, and it seemed like whenever you got a good friend, they would get around other people, and then they'd all start picking on you. And uh, but man, I've had relationships with my dad, 
my uncles, my grandfather, that that are priceless. And uh, but looking back, I think your question was looking back at how I am now at those relationships. I'm sort of thankful for them, and and I've told Sifu a lot that I don't want my kids to have it easy. I want them to struggle, uh, and I'm perfectly fine if they do because I, I think you need that in life. I think you need those struggles. I think you need those hardships, and as a parent, you want to take some of those away from them, but I'm, I, I like them to have them, but I also like to be able to talk with them and give them really good advice on how to deal with them. And, and I guess with where my practice is, and, and how it's affected me looking back on, on, on those bullies and the people that have dealt with me and, and picked on me. Uh, I don't ever forgive them, but I don't hold it against them. You know, it's, uh, Sifu said once, if, if, if that person is talking that bad, it was about some mom or somebody I was telling him, and, and, and I know he said it before in other classes, but they were really really belittling each other. And I think some kid couldn't get something because, but the mom's buying cigarettes and beer and whatever else she had on the belt at the time and hit the, the Walmart. And uh, Sifu said, but just think about Bolton. If, if, if that is coming out of their mouth, what's really going inside, what's going on inside their head? You know, and, and I look back at some of the people that have bullied me and done stuff to me and sort of the way their life's turned out and their relationships and, you know, they, they pay for those prices if they don't figure out how to change and fix their self. I was fortunate enough to find here and sort of put that in perspective. And, and it almost goes back to when, when my grandfather passed. I had the perfect opportunity. Mr. Fowler was here and Sifu was here. It was late one night. It had probably been about two or three years after my grandpa passed. And I had yet to go back into hunting blind that I'd been in every year since before he passed with him for hours on end. And I told him, I said, man, I just, you know, William wants to go hunting. I want to take him up there, but I don't really know if I can be in there with him and not lose it. And, you know, they say that they say the things that you don't, you know, they look at each other, Hey, who wants to go first? You know, and you're thinking, Oh good. I asked a good question. You know, they're both, I'm going to get some good answers. And the first one said, well, I'm happy for you. And then you're like, how can you be happy for me? And, and, and I'm, he's like, well, so many people never have the relationship that you've had to experience the loss. And because I see that you've, you've, you've had such a great loss that you must have had a great relationship and an experience with that person. And I'm happy for you that you're feeling this way because that, that had to be really great. And, uh, and, it, and it sort of just puts that other perspective on it, right? And, 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 it, and what that did for me is it just sort of made me look at, you know, the, the, the thing that I say sometimes to myself is, I wanted to get married, I wanted to have kids. I chose to have them, but man, would they choose me? Would they choose me as a dad? I know certain days they wouldn't, and I could understand why, because they've got grounded or they did something they didn't like. But on the other days, at the end of it all, would they choose me? 
and and after hearing some of their answers and 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 with what's happened to me just to say I chose them but would they choose me am I living up to who I said I was going to be am I successful this day and what am I doing to make sure I'm still successful and that's why I don't quit <laughs> I come to class awesome well we better meditate or see if we're gonna get. <laughs> but but thank you so much. It's really great. One of my favorite talks I've ever heard. So thank you very much. Thank you. Let's get ready to meditate.